Hey there, and welcome to the UX Growth Podcast, sponsored by Bubble, the platform that empowers you to build web applications with no coding required. This is your go-to spot to dive deep into all things UX design. Here, we tackle the questions you've got about navigating the UX field and share a thing or two to help you grow in your UX journey. Each episode is all about making the tough stuff feel doable and inspiring, you to take the next step in your career. Now, let's jump right into today's chat. Hi, this is the UX Growth Podcast, the podcast that helps people learn and grow in the UX design industry. I'm your host, Nick Mann. I'm here with the new guest of season three with Steven Steiner and a career coach for designers and Ashley Hazelton, a digital e-commerce product manager. And I just want to say thank you so much, Steven and Ashley, for being here. I'm so excited to learn about the journey and the process of everything that you guys are ready to share. Uh, thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you. This is awesome. Mm-hmm. So let's begin by uh, sharing on your journey of how you got to the place where you are today. Yeah, happy to. So Ashley and I started working together in mid-2018. And then before that, it's one of those things to where I consider myself a designer by trade and a coach at heart. And really what that means for me is I built my career as a designer and as I worked my way up the corporate ladder to a spot of just realizing that manager wasn't exactly for me. And what I really enjoyed most was being able to take my knowledge and pay it forward. So now what I do as a design uh, career coach for designers is really being able to help designers get what they want next through the experience of being a designer myself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's really cool. And Ashley... Yeah, so I have been a product manager for most of my career, and I've really focused on uh, e-commerce and financial services, working with technology teams, and most importantly, with designers. My career has been mostly spent in very large organizations, and as Stephen mentioned, we began working together in 2018, and I think really formed a great partnership and looking forward to talking about that. Yeah, I'm really excited to hear more about that. So let's continue on about that. Yeah, happy to. So Stephen and I both work for a large organization and we were randomly paired up, which turned out to be extremely fortunate, at least from my point of view, he can speak for himself. At the time, as a senior product manager, I was leading a large agile team and Steven joined us. We really began to work together as I was in the process of pulling together a business case and a prioritized roadmap actually for the whole team and really focused on, I come from a background of really focusing on the problem space and deeply understanding that while using both qualitative and quantitative data to understand that problem space and also the financial implications for the business. And Steven joined our team. I think he was relatively new to the organization, which is always a good thing to have someone come in with a a fresh perspective. And we both felt very committed to dedicating our time 
not only to build this relationship and really talking about how we would work together, but in really partnering to very clearly define what that problem was we were trying to solve and the value of the solution. Um, and that was really the foundation um, for how we began to work together and how we were able to implement a great customer solution that solved first and foremost and most importantly a customer problem but resulted in millions of dollars a year in savings for the organization and as a product manager and i'm sure as a product designer that is why we show up to work that's incredibly mm -hmm. satisfying and to have a partner especially on the design side along with our technology partners to work on that together while building a great relationship is really the optimal work environment. Mm -hmm. Totally agree with that because what we do in our positions in, these industry, in this industry is really reliant of other people. There's only so much we can do. We are designers and then work with managers because there is a combination of what we both need to be able to execute how it goes together and become a more effective way. And that's where I could call this like a lot of interesting dynamics that people may not know about or how to be able to process of that. So I'd love to hear more of your thoughts on that as well. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I mean, go ahead, Ashley. It's the, the key to it. And Stephen's probably going to go into this also is, is that it's from a product manager's point of view, it's really about looking at relationship with design partners, technology partners, and I'm using that word partner very intentionally. But as the product manager, because I sit in the middle of these relationships, it's my job to ensure, as cheesy as this may sound, that everyone can do their job to the best of their abilities. And I am there to give them the information in this case, especially with designers, defining that problem space, explaining why this work is prioritized so they can go off and do their job. And then we both bring that back to our team of developers who will then go ahead and build it. But that's, that's key is to really realize it is a flat team with unique roles and I think that's something that has been evolving and maybe a little bumpy for a lot of product managers and product designers. But what I found in Steven was someone who approached his job as seeing that he was also a partner to me and he showed up fully and also willing to do the analytical side of the job, which is really understanding that problem space and understanding that business case. A lot of work happens before any design happens. And we were both on the same page and it made him just such a valuable partner through that discovery process and well into the build process also. Wow. Yeah, I'd love to know more about your insights with that as well, Stephen. Yeah, sweet. I think Ashley set that up really well. And a lot of this comes into the sense of as Ashley is the product manager responsible for the direction and the priority of what it is the team's going to be working on, a lot of designers have this reputation that we're just there to push pixels, we're just there to deliver on what the product 
manager mm -hmm. wants us to do. And that's very different than the way that I approach all relationships and specifically being able to work with somebody like Ashley to where she wanted that type of partnership as a word that she was just using very in intentionally. And a lot of it wasn't just saying like, cool, I need you to do this thing for me. And I just took orders and did it. What really came into it was having a sense of intention of knowing the rationale and the purpose behind what it was I was being asked to do. So as Ashley was figuring out where to go, yes, my job on paper is the designer. Yes, the stereotype of that is to create pretty pictures. That's not the way that I approach the role. And it's not the way that Ashley wanted to be worked with. So we would come together in conversations and just get to the details of what is it we're doing? How could we potentially solve this problem? Where are ways to validate the decisions that we might be making before we get into the higher fidelity comps? And that aspect of it really gave us a sense of partnership, relationship, and just feeling like we're in this together. And it made the conversation a lot more fun and a lot more enjoyable for us to want to work with the other person. So that sense of partnership really became a friendship in a lot of ways that we got more comfortable calling each other out on stuff that didn't feel right, <laughs> calling each other out on requirements that were like, is that really what we should be doing? Where did that come from? <laughs> And it started, to, as you're actually laughing, it started to establish this dynamic of like healthy friction that I think all product designers really want to have, right? We want a seat at the design table to be able to show up authentically about the customer's experience and not about what the preconceived notion is on the requirements that we're handed. Very powerful yeah, to know. That relationship with Steven, it built a level of trust and that I'd love to just share with you some of an anecdote. And it's something that to this day really warms my heart. As a product manager, you're just in back-to-back -back meetings five days a week. It's crazy. And there was a meeting that both Stephen and I were going to co-lead. And it was with some other folks from UX and a front-end designer. These were folks who were going to be contributing to the work we were doing and it was their first kind of glimpse at the problem we were trying to solve and what we were going to be asking of them and um, I was late for the meeting as happens when you're in back-to-back -back meetings and I joined late and Stephen was leading the meeting and he had taken out the business case and the problem statements and he was walking them through it um, with such conviction and deep knowledge in a way that I hadn't ever experienced a, pro a product designer or any type of designer really own that business case and, and that problem statement and why we were doing what we were doing. I really feel like it was such an amazing moment for me because that burden was not completely on my shoulders he had completely owned it also. And as I mentioned, we were partners and collaborators and we communicated the same message. We worked hard to get to that place and we built that level of trust. But from that point on, I knew that we would be successful. We wouldn't always be perfect, but we would be successful because the foundation of what we were communicating out to other folks on the team and to the rest of the organization was consistent and we were on the same page. Mm, and I think wow. that's very unique in the design designer product manager world 
But I think it's something that I wish all, especially design leads, took the time to do and that product managers really opened up and shared that information. And as Stephen mentioned, he was is absolutely someone who will say if he thinks something doesn't make sense to him, the data that we had, he felt like it needed clarification. And then of course that carried out into the whole design process too. But we both really enjoyed that process of going back and forth with each other because we had that level of trust. We not just liked each other, but there was a level of trust. We were on the same page. We knew ultimately the problem we were trying to solve. It was just how we were going to get there. And that's so much fun. That's fun to show up to work and to have a partnership like that. Yeah, that is so true because when you look at people's problems they have with their career or even just in their position, it's usually not the actual work itself. It's who they work with. That's usually the driving factor in where their satisfaction of their position. I think that's uh, that always comes very yeah. true in the excitement of where do you want to go and how you show up for it every day. Absolutely. And to make it that much more fun in the way that Ashley and I established that relationship was this idea of just checking in regularly. So a lot of people have one-on-one, they have one-on-ones with maybe their design partners, or their design reviews or whatever it might be. There's scrum ceremonies supposed to exist and have all these formal names. What we really wanted in our relationship though, was a sense of like checking in early and often before the scrum team needed the work, before the developers were asking for the story. So that allowed me as a designer to feel like I had a seat at the table and planning and figuring out where it was we were going to go. And as we did that, we started scheduling weekly one-on-ones. And instead of calling them one-on-ones would sound boring or people always complain about having too many meetings, I think Ashley was the one who coined it, is we ended up just having jam sessions. So this idea of yeah. a jam session was a chance for us to just hang out and jam through priorities and expectations and what we want to do related to the goal that we're trying to solve. Ashley, what do you want to yeah, add to we that? Really enjoyed, yeah, we really enjoyed like riffing off each other. And that's why we came up with that term jam. We enjoyed that process of we, we both showed up to that meeting not for a power struggle, in fact, quite the opposite. Like the whole point was to be very confident and aggressive, not in a negative way, but very forthright. And then have the other person react to that and have that back and forth, that riffing off each other, take the work to the next level. And by the way, we, I, I don't know, you know how other people do it, but we had those meetings on a Friday after a really long week. And it was the meeting I most looked forward to. And it wasn't like we didn't connect throughout the week, but that was really a chance for some very honest back and forth that we definitely didn't always see eye to eye. And that was great. I don't think you should work with people that you always see eye to eye on. But there's always respect there. There was always energy there. And there was always this commitment to the problem that we were trying to solve. And Stephen and I are a little goofy. And so there was definitely some fun there too. 
Yeah, I think that's so important to be able to even have fun, but also have like goal driven in these meetings. I think so, it, so many of these businesses can lose track of that. Another thing that made it fun for us in in a way that it wasn't about our necessarily job description on paper, mm -hmm. right? So yes, there's traditional responsibilities in terms of what a project manager is supposed to do and what a designer is supposed to do. And some projects are like, stay in your lane, get out of my way. This is not your job. And that wasn't a part of this, right? As a designer, there might be stuff that I would do outside of my job description. And I know Ashley is extremely passionate about research and testing and being involved in the conversation as much as she doesn't consider herself a designer. There's still that partnership of like, she cares and wants to be involved. And there's parts of the project management stuff where I care and want to be involved. So how do we support each other's individual career interests while also showing up for what our leaders expect us to deliver? Yeah, another quality that Stephen brought to the table, the problem we were solving was really big and complex. And I think as most product managers know, when you have a really big complex problem in a large organization, it means that you have to talk to a lot of people. There's, a, there's just an inherent complexity, not only technically what you're trying to solve, but just making your way through the organization is a real challenge. And to Stephen's point, things went outside his job. Stephen is an exceptional planner and organized, an organized thinker, which really helped. Not only because I didn't have to take that fully on myself, but we engaged with, as Stephen just mentioned, research folks, different designers, writers, and he had this work so well mapped out that he made it easy for all of those partners to come together, which then made it much easier for us to write the user stories for our developers, both front end and back end. That's something that definitely not in his job description, but there was such a need there for it, and he's so good at it. <laughs> I'd like to think I was really appreciative of it and fan that flame. We are just both these people who who would do what it takes to get the job done. And that was just something else to see in the corner of like, you just, you go beyond what's in your job description and you deliver that. And I can say, I don't know that we would have been as successful as we were without that from him. And I surely would have lost a lot more sleep along the way. Mm hmm yeah, these process of how we go through our communication and being able to figure out these goals, it, it, feel, it feels like it's it separates so much from the teams that are, are not as effective as they could be about how you communicate, how you are able to work together, because not everyone has the same style or the same experience and like what they're expecting from. So I'm curious to know, when there's some things that don't align with the communication and becoming a better designer in this aspect, I'm curious to know, how can one be, become better at communicating and being better at knowing what is the expectations that they can set up for more success? I would say there's a few things. I don't know a specific list. Like, if I go, there's three things you need to do or whatever it is. The things that come to mind the most is one, as a designer, 
work to build the relationship before you're expected to deliver with that person, right? So having conversations with your project managers, having conversations with your development leads, your researchers, who are these people that exist as humans first and then job titles second? So being able to have that dynamic is going to be extremely important in terms of taking action of like, who are you? What are you interested in? How do you build a relationship with that person? So they see you beyond an order taker. Mm -hmm. The second thing I would build into that is also see all these people that you're working with as your customer also, right? So as designers, our customers are our front-end developers who are going to take our work. If our front-end developers or our back-end developers don't understand the intent behind what we're doing, they might not care to build it. Or if they can't learn or figure out our design files and it doesn't fit with their systems, they might not execute against it. Or as your product manager doesn't feel that your designs actually solve the problem that they're trying to solve, they're not going to want to work with you. So seeing your team members, your partners as your clients or customers that you have to satisfy and then to wrap it up in a three, because everybody likes the topics of threes, <laughs> the third one is position yourself in a way that thinks, how can I add value? And how do I add value, specifically the stuff that Ashley was talking about, isn't necessarily what my job description may or may not say. If we have skills, like Ashley has a bunch of skills from the stuff that she's learned on research and the classes that she's taken outside of project management that add value to the conversation, do it, right? Like think... How can I add value with the partners that you're working with in order to show up early and often with the people that you want to be working with to wrap all three of those together? That would be really intentional as designers to say, I'm not just here to deliver pretty pictures. I'm here to build a relationship and work in a place that people want to hang out with me and see me as a valuable contributor to their team. Yeah, man, that's very powerful. I think that's very important to note when we are going, executing our ideas, like what we want to ha actually happen, because most of the time it's always, sometimes it could be like butting heads about like, what is it that the users want versus what the business needs? Yes. Yeah, I know. And that could be like a constant struggle. Mm -hmm. I think that's also one of the biggest topics I always get from my listeners. So I'm curious to hear some more aspects mm -hmm. on like how a designer can work with the business relationships and making sure that the user's are being met with the goals of the business. Ashley, you want to take that one? Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned that thing about the, the struggle. Uh, I absolutely know exactly what you're talking about. I would, I think with designers, I'm always asking them to flip that around. There are aspects of what we do that's hard. It's hard to build these experiences you know, especially in very large organizations where there is a lot of input. And, but the more you can embrace it, it doesn't mean becoming an order taker or that you have to agree with it, but the more you can really listen to where that feedback is coming from. And like, I know I sound like a broken record, but that really should be there foundationally. When you have alignment, and I see this as my job as a product manager, I talk a lot about using that business case, different companies have these different formats of that, where it's a memo or whatever it is. Not only is that being communicated in partnership with design, but as a product manager, I have alignment with all those business partners. So that when we come together and there's that scenario of that you're mentioning where something's been designed and the business has a different perspective, when 
they, the business folks, whoever they may be, along with engineering, have already been heard, have been able to influence, and are aligned behind that foundational business case, problem space type of document, and they are aligned around the prioritization, those conversations become much easier to handle because you're not dozen cases where that didn't happen. And it's just everyone's coming from such a different perspective. And it's not necessarily the designs that are wrong. It's that people don't think that we're solving the, the same problem. And where I really encourage designers and from the design organizations is to allow designers. There's one thing that Stephen had is he was given the time and the space to work with me in that discovery process. And sometimes that doesn't happen, but it leads to that scenario, that struggle that you were just mentioning. I think mm -hmm. time invested in discovery is pays off and that you move much faster. You can be far more agile. You can don't, you have more productive conversations. You have a better work environment when everyone is aligned with, between business or any other stakeholders, including executive management, engineering, and then of course the, the design partners. That's why it's so foundational and why those documents shouldn't be secretive or only shared with a few people. You should go on a roadshow with it and then make it accessible for anyone to pull down or read through and to also poke holes in. That's important um, because you don't want to get into those discussions when you're in that final design stage. Why are we doing this? Unless something significantly has changed in the business environment. And so I think for designers to make the time and for design organizations to prioritize that and give them the space to do that, I think helps reduce that struggle. Hmm. I think that's a really good point. I think that will definitely help a lot of designers feel like they're able to get their voice heard better. I think that is definitely is important to note. Yes. Their, their, their voice heard, but also putting in the work. I really want to emphasize in that relationship with Stephen, he wasn't just sounding off on different ideas. There was some real deep thinking and thoughtful work that was happening in order to get to that stage. And for me, it was, if he didn't share his perspective and didn't contribute in all ways, we wouldn't have been as successful it would have been a real loss but it also probably would have been half the amount of work for him i just can't stress that we put a lot of time and energy into this so i think for, for designers it's really work with your product manager build that relationship but also really get in in that foundational level so that your voice is not just being heard but you develop that trust that you're on the same page or if you're not, you're actively talking about it and in a very open and direct way and working towards getting on the same page. Mm -hmm. Okay. Oh, wow. That's, it definitely makes a lot of sense about how we got to show up to these. Also, I'll, I'm so fascinated to know about how can a designer be able to navigate like a manager that 
they either just don't get along for whatever reason. Maybe it's like due to different guidelines, maybe it's communication styles, or maybe just inexperience. I'm just really curious, how can a designer navigate the, the challenges of working with a manager that they just can't really agree upon or be able to meet the expectations in a way that is effective? So building relationships with the people on the products that we're designing for and with, right? So as a designer working with a product manager in the capacity that Ashley and I are working together, the things that stand out to me was understanding what it is that that product manager wants to accomplish and how are their desires being driven. So for example, on this one that Ashley keeps talking about where we saved the business millions of dollars there was a clear opportunity that could be solved. However, we didn't know exactly what the solution was. So Ashley and I really got into what is the problem space that we need to uncover? What are the possible options in terms of technical feasibility, business logistics, relationships that maybe already exist with third-party partners that we could use to our advantage to build out a possible design solution that we then went through rounds of user testing on to make sure that it functioned correctly and was technically possible to build, that was a partnership of saying, what are we doing? What's available to us? How do we organize and sort those cards in a way that we both feel invested in the solution and we're not creating something that's not possible? And that came through also that relationship building of trusting each other, going after it in a way where we both feel like the other person gets it and also understands like, how do we communicate? So Ashley and I calling them GM sessions, talking about showing our presentation on a road show. Like we had our own little silly vocabulary that allowed us to, to enjoy what we were doing in a way that having to repeat yourself to multiple people all the time in a big corporation is tedious and annoying. We called it a road show and we went on tour. Right. Like, mm -hmm. We take this little band yeah. on tour with our jam sessions and it made it fun for us. Yeah. yeah making it fun is just such a powerful statement to also just say because of when we look at meetings, we think of them as boring. We see them as time consuming. We see them as it can be stressful. And to be able to use the word fun with it and changing it for jam sessions, I think we're really navigating a way from the, like, the negative expectations or experiences that come with that. And when you say jam sessions, it definitely feels more fun. And now the funness of it all is able to easier go come out of it because it sounds a lot more casual. It sounds like there's a lot less expectations of like what you have to do in a way that is able to be more collaborative, being able to be yourself, how we are able to express our needs, where we want to be. Yeah, I Sweet. think that's something. Yeah, to that's the goal. <laughs> Ashley, yeah. did you feel the same way? Yeah, the being yourself is really important, just as Stephen said, because when you work in a large organization, you're not yourself a lot, other necessity, and that's okay. But to have this relationship where you can be, I'm very goal oriented. So is Stephen. So we're having fun, but we're booking it. I mean, we're working hard, we're knocking things out. And we're both very structured people just on our own. And so we worked well, removing some of those formalities when we met, 
but behind the scenes, as I mentioned, Stephen, with one of his many talents is these exceptional organizational talents had that and just a lot of details that I was working through on my side and the amount of communications and the work as a product manager that I brought to the table. So, yeah, I think that there's a balance there. And I think for other folks that maybe aren't as individually structured as Stephen and I were, maybe they would need to play. Maybe their jam session would need to come with some kind of an agenda. There's nothing wrong with that either. But I think the key thing is I love what you said about just being yourself. And, and as Stephen mentioned around when you get to know each other and you're building that relationship, you learn that about each other. And then you can formulate how, how jam sessions could work well with your partners. But the idea behind it is that either just like in a band, we are better together. There, we are collaborators. And we are bringing our best selves there, but we are also very honest in giving feedback to each other. And that's something that we embrace. It's not a scary thing to have someone disagree with you. It's something that if it's not happening, it is probably something deeply wrong. Or if it's people don't want to hear feedback or it's really stressful, that is also a very big problem. But I think it's about finding what works for the, the people involved. Mm-hmm. And yes. staying curious. Yeah. So adding to that yeah. in a sense of constant mm-hmm. curiosity, how does Ashley want to work? What works for Ashley? What works for our developers? What might a customer want? Like asking those questions in a way to where as a designer, although I'm responsible for creating the end deliverables, I never see them as being mine to own. I see them as being a curation of the materials that are available to me in a way that satisfies the needs of the goal we're trying to accomplish. And if you can confidently tell me that what I created isn't going to solve the problem, I'm here for it. If you just think that it's a bad idea without rationale to defend your design decision, I'll call you out on that too. Right? Yeah, like, that's not going to go well. Yeah, that's <laughs> not going to go well. Let's but, do it. Yeah, that, that was so well said. It is a curation of input and ideas from from many people but yeah this isn't this wouldn't be don't confuse our fun with that this wasn't data driven and there was a lot of rigor there but it was a Mm -hmm. way for us to balance out that rigor we talked about the designer's role is once we get to a place where we've tested prototypes and we're moving forward and now we're at the stage where user stories are being written for engineers Having really clear user stories and having the designer involved in ensuring for each story that what they're building meets the specs, quote unquote specs, and that that front end engineer has also, and really anyone on the Agile team, but really specifically that front end engineer also has the opportunity they are fully grounded in the problem we're trying to solve and why, but they have an opportunity to look at those designs and also comment on them. I think that's really important. And then we get to that stage and we can go and build them. That's something that I feel like we did very naturally, but I think it's not so common. And the other part that I think is really, I feel like it's essential, obviously for a product manager, table stakes, 
But even for designers, as really Stephen mentioned, touched on this a little bit earlier, is ensuring that what's being designed is feasible, especially across um, if, when you when what you're designing will be used within an app and mobile web and web. That's really critical. And so getting that involvement and sharing those designs with your front-end developer as a final validation or developers in most cases is really important. And I think it's important for the designers to have at least a rudimentary kind of understanding of what it means to build their, their designs and especially within an app. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's such an important note to be able to end this episode on. So as we're drawing a close, what's the best way to support what you're doing? I just highly encourage everyone to check out Stephen's coaching programs, uh, LinkedIn profile, and in any other way, Stephen, that you're out there kind of doing the good work. Thank you. Yeah, in terms of what I'm doing with Career Coach for Designers is really a chance to help designers get what they want next. And a lot of that is getting clear on what it is you want to do and then confidently being able to tell your story in a way that people want to hire you to do that. And that's something that I help designers do regularly. And you can get a hold of me on LinkedIn as Steven Steiner or look me up as careercoachfordesigners.com. Straightforward on that one, just careercoachfordesigners.com and reach out to look for ways that I might be able to help you level up and what it is you want to get next in your career. And that might be things like being able to have more informed conversations with your product people, being able to feel like your voice does matter and you are respected more than just the pixel pusher stereotype that designers are seen to being in the beginning. Yes. Yep. And all links of that will be found in the show notes. So you can easily check out Stephen's coaching services. Yeah. I think that's very powerful and important to know. Also, any closing words you would like our audience to know about? I would love for designers who are listening to this and any product managers who are listening to this to really spend that time in the discovery phase together and to hold each other accountable to a very high standard that it is time so well spent and delivers significant dividends in ensuring you have the right solution, but also working together more harmoniously and efficiently as you move forward into the um, build phase. Yeah, and investing in that relationship is critical. So as a designer wanting to understand what the goal is of your product management team, what the goals of the people around you so you can stay curious and add value in a way that isn't just what your job description says. It's also about what fills you up and having that job satisfaction comes a lot from investing in the relationships where people trust you and want to give you work that you also want to do. Very nice. Thank you so much, Steve and Ashley, for being here. Thank, Thank you for you. having me. Yes. For us. I <laughs> <laughs> want to speak for you, Ashley. <laughs> That's okay. You can speak for me. <laughs> yes. Please do support our guests. Until then, you just listen to the UX Girl podcast. I'm your host, Nick Mann. Thank you for listening. That concludes another episode of the UX Growth podcast. We appreciate your time with us today. If you found value in this discussion, we invite you to follow us on your preferred podcast platform or to connect with the host on LinkedIn. Before we part ways, we'd like to acknowledge our sponsor. 
Bubble. If you're looking to create web applications effortlessly, Bubble's no-code platform is your gateway. Build your projects with intuitive drag-and-drop actions, making the complex seem simple. And the best part? You can kickstart your app development journey without any coding expertise. To support the show, we encourage you to visit our sponsors link, which can be found along with other links in the show notes. Until our next episode, continue your exploration, learning, and growth in the UX design field.